Hello and welcome to the Am Side podcast. As always, we are your hosts, Dale and Rob. Why do I say in that order? Wow, that's some low self-esteem right there. <laughs> what like my listeners got? Like <laughs> what my listeners got coming up on this week's show? Well, coming up with Dale and Rob, my fiance or my wife, sorry, quite often says, "Why is it Rob and Dale?" And I said, "Do you know what? It sounds right." I'm thinking Dale and Rob sound better. No, it seems like the Chip and Dale, you know, like, Chip and Dale. Chip and Dale. It's me and you mean completely different things, everything. Yeah, you think, you're, you're thinking men getting their knees naked, out. I'm thinking naked men. Well, you often are. So. <laughs> I don't know why I just said it on the national, international podcast, but hey, what have we got coming up on the week's show? Well, first of all, Rob, I'm... A bit disappointed in you because that was the least festive intro I've ever heard in my life. This is the Christmas episode. I thought you were going to do some editing magic, you know, some jingle bells yeah, over there. Obviously, I could do that. Don't make me have to I work th- extra. Just do a little some jingle bells and we're good to well, go. You could have you could have opened the show with "Ho ho ho, Merry Christmas." It's Discmas. Woo. That's fine. Well, I apologise to our Scrooge. Evidently, um, we <laughs> have uh, at the at the outside podcast, but I, I, I am. I am recording this in a nightgown. You're wearing and, uh, five five layers of clothing because you one of put your heating. One of which is a dressing gown. So I, I'll take the sort of the Scrooge the Scrooge look. Maybe I should get a cap, a nightcap of some sort. As you can see, kids, podcasts don't pay. <laughs> they do not. Um, but what have we what have we got come up on this week's show? Well, as I as I've mentioned a few times, it is our Christmas episode. So first of all, Merry Christmas to all of our listeners um, across the world. Everyone's celebrating their different holidays um and we thought for the festive season we'd have some festive fun we've got a few um a few festive segments but also we wanted to get a homegrown hero on the show and who else but rachel turton um this year has absolutely dominated the european scene she went over to america and uh dipped her toe in the water there so we wanted to hear all about it um so yeah that, that's what's coming up on this week's show. Nice. You, you said festive segments there, and now I have a a yearning for a Terry's chocolate orange. Oh, so uh, absolute elite tier of the chocolate. Yeah, is, any American listeners? Do they get Terry's chocolate oranges? I've and no if idea. not, that's a shame, isn't it? Because that's about, like that, it's just it's 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 a god tier level chocolate treat. Um, so yeah. So the uh, don't mind me. I'm just daydreaming about. A, a yeah, Rob lost his train of thought there. I saw. I saw <laughs> the the glaze in his eyes come over. It's almost like his eyes roll back, and he was just gone, dreaming about Terry's chocolate. I, saw, I, I started hovering above my above the desk, sort of floating on the dream of chocolatey segments. But anyway, talking about chocolatey segments, let's get into the first festive segment. Um, so obviously. A Christmas theme is naughty and nice. So we thought it'd be fun to go sort of have a naughty and nice each. So I I pick who's on my naughty list and who's on my nice list. And Dale does the same. Specifically disc golfers. You know, we're in a world of some (laughs) dodgy politics right now. However, we are are a disc golf podcast. We're keeping it disc golf specific. Um, So, yeah. So, Dale, I, I don't mind taking things off. You crack on. So I'm going to start off with my naughty. Um, Now, I want to specify that naughty doesn't mean a bad person. They're not a bad person, but they've just done something this year in the disc golf world, which means they'll probably be getting a lump of coal 
rather than some new plastic. And I think this one has sort of dropped off a little bit. However, we are reflecting on the year. So I don't want to dig up any old dirt, but I am going to put a Lane King on my naughty list this year. Um, Obviously, we spoke about it when the the instance was was still fresh. However, um, Champions Cup, sort of the text gate with Paige's caddy, making uh, Krishna Tatar's daughter sort of stand in the crowd, you know, sort of the the uh, the whole instance we had there. I think whilst our opinions have been said on previous episodes, for me, Elaine King is she's on my naughty list, so I'll put I'll put her over there with whoever you're about to uh, add to yours. Well, um, I think that's a really good uh, naughty naughty list. Um, I'm going to go with the obvious. Everyone's going to be listening, thinking. Why has he not picked this person? Obviously, I'm going to pick this person. We had him on the show a couple of weeks back, Nicola Castro. He's a reformed man. I'm seeing what he's doing. I'm loving it. But we can't shy away from the fact that he got banned from the PDGA. That happened. And you can't have a naughty list, inverted commas, without that. Surely not. You can. Is there, before we move on to nices, which I think, obviously, I think they are the two obvious big ones. Yeah. I wonder if there's any honourable mentions that um, I can sort of think of. Is there anyone that, that, that could have made the list equally? You know, we don't want to give everyone a free pass. I can't remember much. I mean, you could you could swing it round and say Paul Beth taking away his um, Aragos Hodges' first ever Worlds win. You could say that. You could He's say got that. Five did he need six? Who, knows? Yeah, who 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 doesn't need six? You know, I, I can't wait to get my sixth world championship. That will never happen. So, uh, well, you can equally do Warhammer. But <laughs> I don't know if that's do even a thing. If you can get like world champions, I always want to put Eagle McMahon on on the naughty list for injuring himself severely <laughs> trying to attempt a three hundred and sixty sidearm for a promo video, and then having to set out pretty much the whole I season. Rate it. So I, I think I think he would put himself on the on on the naughty list. You know that's uh, self inflicted. Um, absolutely, I um, would also put Tyler on the naughty list. So the marketing manager from DGA, he's um, yeah. You know, occasionally I occasionally flick into the uh, the DGA live event, and if you if you're not, you should definitely check that out. Every it's all it weekly. Great fun. I almost got kicked oh. out of it the other day. Well, exactly, it's the weekly live stream, and you know what? He, he's he said some complimentary things, but also he said some 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 cheeky things about us, about you know the British ways, our cultures. Um, if said in jest or not, you know that's another that's another debate. But I'll, uh, I'll I'll pop him on the naughty list as well. So Tyler's been put on the naughty list. <laughs> bye bye DGA partnership. <laughs> no, no, if anything, that just sort of it's the opportunity for Tyler to. Be extra nice next year. And Do you actually, want him to come out extra... and publicly apologise, or is that what you no, need? No, no, no. I, I, I think down you know, the street. I'm a, I'm a man of action, and if he wants to, if he wants to, you know, get on the on the nice list by, you know, sending me a Max Seven, that's fine. You know, there's there's, there's ways. Uh, there's ways. I know Santa. I think uh, we could um, we could sort something out with a nice shiny Max Seven in the garden. But um, yeah, there's opportunities there. Okay, nice list. Who's on the <laughs> nice, nice list? Equally, um, you can put Tyler on your nice list. He set up a partnership with DJ, but you just put him on a naughty list. 
So I'm going to go. Um, I've got. I'm going to go for a pro and a um, and someone that I think listeners on the show should should know. Um, and also, there's a couple of mentions here. Um, on my nice list, I'm going to I'm going to put uh, Paul McBeth. Mm-hmm. I know it might not be the obvious answer, but I think um, you can't overlook the fact that maybe his head head hasn't been in the game this year as much as he would have liked but I think a big part of that is obviously him setting up the Paul Beth Foundation Yeah, um, and I think we've seen from that being created we've seen the Socky Bomb Foundation and the Uli Foundation and I think um, there's a lot of these and actually both of them also on the nice list both of those people um, or all three of those people really using their status as yeah. you know as some of the best players in the world to help other people that um, otherwise might not be able to get into the sport or other ha- have outlets or hobbies. So that's my, uh, yeah, there you go. That's my my thruple nice list as when it comes to the pros. Your thruple? How have we got three? That's rude. Well, there you go. You all, I'll tell you what, if you can't think of one, I can give you one of mine. You can have you leave you on. So you went Paul McBeth, you leave. You might as well just let him hold a disc off. Why Bob Hulo whilst you're at it? Hang on, I'm also going to whack Chris Clemens on there, Eric Oakley on there. <laughs> well, all going on there. Do you know who I'm <laughs> going for? Who are you going for? It's kind of the same reasons as you, because it's not the one actually that I thought of before this podcast, who I told you I was going to say. So I'm going to go with Scott Stokely. For, okay. um, you know, kind of the same reasons that you said with Paul McBeth, but... The, the amount of stuff this man has been doing. Paul McBeth's doing a great job, you know. The guy's got millions of pounds. Scott Stokely hasn't got millions of pounds, but is still donating a large proportion of his winnings, well, all of his winnings, including that big skins match where he took down the win to um, combat or helping uh, Down syndrome children. And I think that's, that's fantastic. Um, a lot of what he does... I, th- I, th- I, think, I think it's Down syndrome and autism. And autism. Oh, yeah. Oh, I, I think I, I think in general, I think it's uh, yeah, helping yeah. towards kids with disabilities. And I think, yeah, there's definitely a lot about So it's still a, a fantastic cause. And um, and that's he's going to be on my nice list. Um, and then my non-pro is going to be all business Brad. Because the guy's a hero. Ooh, good choice. Good he, choice. Uh, he does a, a, a hell of a lot for disc golf. And probably a, a lot of foundation that we don't see. They give him a lot of praise, and I want to give him a lot of praise because the guy's a legend. Um, whenever I ever need anything, anything answered, he's always on the other end of, a, of the phone to text. So, all business, Brad. You're on my nice list. I can't afford to send you anything to America, but my love is free, and it's coming to you. Well, that's a fantastic opportunity to shout out someone that sort of again you have that open dialogue dialogue with. And I'm sort of going for a similar reason. I'm I'm going to give a, a big shout out to Bubba Ace, you know the um, the guy. As we mentioned, actually, I think we mentioned in the interview with Rachel. So spoilers, but obviously um, this year is part of the BDGA Awards. He won the Tournament Director of the Year. This guy is living and breathing and doing everything he can for UK disc golf. Um, he comes with the big ideas. He fights for things that he believes is right, and I think uh, I think that's important. I think. There's so many people in the UK scene that obviously it's easy because we're in the UK scene, so we can't necessarily see what these smaller TDs in the US are doing. But people like Harry Messenger, you know, like these people that are sort of doing 
a huge amount behind the scenes that people don't realize that they might know as a name or a commenter on Facebook, but all these people that are trying to grow what is already a small sport in a small country. Um, definitely some uh, nice list gratitude for that. There we sure. have it. The 2022 Naughty Nice list presented by the Amside. Every person on those lists, you know, for a naughty list, do better. For a nice list, continue doing what you're doing. There you go. So that was the first segment, and then we are going to move straight on to a segment which has many names. Um, but however, we're festive, so we're going to call it Santa's Got a Brand New Bag. Okay. Could have I think that's sack, good. But... No, because that's a, it's an elf reference, isn't it? Code name Santa's Got a Brand New Bag. That's the, I'm pretty sure that's the uh, reference. No? Well, blank stares don't translate on podcasts as well as yeah, I'm no, sure. It's just a silence, which I would then <laughs> cut out so it doesn't sound awkward, but I have literally no idea what you're on about. Well, you need to watch Elf. It's a fantastic film. I've watched Elf multiple times. Yeah, I no, can literally throw... Right. right, do you know what? Podcast, podcast first. Just phone my wife. Okay. On Channel 4, do not swear. Oh my god! Amazing. Your okay, wife. So, um, honestly, I never noticed this before. Your wife sounds just like you know the lady that does the answer phone message. Honestly, yes. it's um, uncanny. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on with the segment. Uh, as people that listen to the show will know, um, well, they might not because it has a new name every time we bring it out. Yeah. But this is the uh, segment where we talk about, obviously, transitioning to a all-DJ and discraft bag and slots that we are looking to replace and how we've replaced them. Now, we've already done the, I believe we've done the Rift and we've done the Hurricane. Yeah. I'm going to come in with a disc that I haven't completely filled yet. It's a slot I haven't okay. filled. Um so a lot of people that, that know my my bag that has been my bag for really the last yeah. year, and this disc is a big part of it, is my Leopard 3, Star Leopard 3 from Innova. Mm-hmm. Um, what are the numbers? Now, Just so the listeners who haven't found one before know. It is. I have it right here. I need to double check. That's a Vortex, which is... I don't have it right here because I've taken it out of the bag. <laughs> but the Vortex is not is a, is a, um, a recommendation I've been given, and it's not quite right. Uh, for the Leopard 3. Um, I believe it's 7-5 minus 2-1. I'll fact check you. 7-5 minus 2-1? I think I'm so. I'm fact checking it now. We're on the website. It I is 7-5 minus 2-1. Yep, you are right. There you go. However, we'll come on to that if you try and recommend a stalker. So, um, everyone knows <laughs> that Innova is chaotic with their, um, I've lost all my words today, with their consistency. I mean, anyone that's ever thrown two destroyers next to each other know that Innova's consistency is kind of crazy. And I think the Leopard 3 is the ultimate example of this. So I've thrown other Leopard 3s because I've even tried to Mm -hmm. find backups for this Leopard 3 that was in my bag. Couldn't find it. So I had this Leopard 3. It has the perfect amount of, had the perfect amount of turn, but the perfect amount of fade it did everything I want to do, including Ace in British Champs last year. So that is my Champs Ooh-hoo. Ace disc. Um, 
And yeah, and honestly, I am struggling to replace that exact disc. Now, I'm finding discs that sort of fit either side of it. And yeah. I've had, obviously, people have said the Vortex, Vortex, fantastic disc, but it's flippier. So, you know, I use the Vortex for slight big turnovers or I put a lot of height on a longer shot knowing that it will have enough height to come back. It's not being pulled out of my bag for the same shots I was throwing my Leopard 3 for. Yeah. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got your... Now you've now got the Athena. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, don't, I had to check my, my, my Greek gods then. You've got the <laughs> Athena. Obviously, um, it's... It's a zero two, so so the argument could be, you know what, get an Athena. It's ESP play. You throw a pipeline. I'll get onto that in just a second, because it's a bit faster. But but people have sort of said again, mm. Athena, um, beat it in. It'll be it'll fly like that. And I think the pipeline the same again. Loving the pipeline. And actually, the Athena hasn't come up my bag too much because I've got this SP Flex pipeline, which oh, yeah. I'm in love with. But again, it's the same thing. It's about having to beat in a disc to that yeah. point. The Leopard 3 never seemed to change. It seemed to get to a point of beating in and never changed. Right. So I never felt like I had to cycle it. So this is my long-winded way of saying, actually, I'm still trying to find a disc which fills that slot. The closest I've come, and I, it's in my bag currently, is the Sting. So the Sting is... 75 minus 2, 1 is the same numbers. I think it's slightly flippier and it feels a bit slower. It doesn't feel as sharp. So in my head, mentally, there's a bit of a block there when I get this out. Yeah. I don't think I don't feel like I can get the sting as far. So but the sting is so far working really well. It pairs really well with my pipeline. Um so I find I think the pipeline just, a lot flippier than the numbers suggest. So that's the other that's the other thing. I think I need to throw a lot more pipelines. Yeah. Because I, I, I have the SP, um, but I haven't really thrown the PL and the standard SP because I've got the SP Flex. Yeah. So actually, one I actually spoke to Tyler about this a month or so ago. I called him on Discord and we sort of, I, he, he said, you know, try the try different uh, pipeline plastics and you, you, you might find that they beat in to become that disc. But this is just my way of saying that not all manufacturers are carbon copies of each other and that's what make definitely not that's what that's what makes their be other companies right if everyone had the same discs there would only be definitely. the need for one company um and actually I'm finding discs that I love either side of it but it's just I'm not quite there yet yeah. with that with that slot to sort of say you know what, I don't even think, you know, it's like, it's like an ex-partner, I can't get off my mind. It's the, uh, it's it's the, you know, I, like, I'm so happy with my bag. My bag is already feeling rounded. I don't feel like I'm missing a slot per se. But say if I throw my sting and it turns over a little bit far, far in my heart, I might have thought, oh, you know, if I had the leopard back in, um, I wonder if that would have, you know, and that's a difficulty, a isn't it, of going to a, um, one manufacturer bag is an amateur. You know, you've. I suppose for me, I've always, I've the last couple of years, I've had all discraft anyway. Obviously, when we first started talking to Tyler, moved on to the, some DGA stuff, and now my bag is predominantly DGA with discraft added in. And as an amateur, it is it's quite difficult because you're not. You know, a lot of people are. Oh, you don't need to do it, but do you know what? 
I quite enjoy it. I like having it. I know because I know my bag. I know the brands. I know how DGA operate. I know how their discs now beat in. Um, so for the first time in probably near on three years, because we've come up to three years now playing, is yep. my bag is is top. I love it. Absolutely love it. Whether I can actually go out and play disc golf at the moment due to the UK's ice age, that's another that's another story. But I think I haven't really felt that I can't fill this gap because I haven't had to do it. Because anything that's in my bag, I haven't had to take out. So it's not, I can't fill this gap. It's more, I can't fill my hands. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Hence, exactly. why we recommended hand warmers in the, in the last in the, episode. Yeah. Because, no, <laughs> but going back to it, do you know what I mean? Like For you, throwing a mixed bag for so long, you have had to adapt and have a look around and see what DJ can offer and how you can mix it. Whereas I haven't had to do that. I've I haven't had to find things that I can't throw because everything I had I can throw. I also but I also find I love the structure that it gives because obviously with a mixed bag, it'd be easy for me to sort of say, Oh, there's not a disc that disc's not right, I'll buy another one and you go, I'll explore everything that Latitude make or everything Caster make or everything you know, Clash make or you know, all of these brands. Yeah. So I actually find it really helpful there being that sort of restriction there because you know what DJ have a complete lineup. It's yes. not a it's not a a brand that has four molds and then you kind of have to explore other brands. DJ have a complete lineup of fantastic discs. So actually what it's saying is okay actually me as a player I want to explore that maybe the flex shot with a pipeline if I do want a bit more turn. Yeah. Or adding height to like i said my vortex because if i add a bit of height to the vortex then it's actually going to stable out and actually act slightly different than if i throw a lower shot mm-hmm. so i think that that that's really it it's more i have been enjoying the restriction for the fact that it means that i'm actually trying to perfect my what's with my form rather than just chuck money at how many different discs I can buy, hoping that a new disc is going to magically sort out the fact that I couldn't throw a good Anheuser prior Mate, to five months ago. That's what the off-season's for. That is what the off-season's so, for, is, is to chisel in that bag and make sure it's make sure it's ready for next season. Absolutely. Cool. Well, that is the two segments that we were going to cover. You know, we said two Christmas Day segments. So to end that segment, I'm just going to say, ho, ho, ho. There you go. Officially a festive, festive segment. <laughs> no, no, I, I said ho, ho, ho. So that, that encapsulated that entire segment into a festive right. one. Well, the name um, of the segment was, was Christmas named. Exactly. It was Christmas named and... If you go back, there were four hidden Christmas messages in that segment. I mean, that could be a cruel prank to play on someone because there someone wasn't. Someone would go through that whole thing. No, trying to find no, one cares, no one cares about the podcast exist. that much. Um, no. They'll try and find a message. Uh, I'm sure, I'm, I reckon I've said something in there which could be attributed to Christmas. However, um, we, we move on. And actually, I guess that we've been incredibly excited to get on um someone that has been absolutely killing it 
this year, both in Europe and in the US. Now, in the interview, we, obviously, we talk about where she placed in the US, and obviously, she would she didn't win the event that she went over to play. However, when I say killing it, I I really mean killing it because this is someone that's really pushing British disc golf overseas, introducing mainstream disc golf to what us in the UK are capable of. So obviously massively proud of Rachel for doing that. So, ladies and gentlemen, a guest that we've been long awaiting, Rachel Turton. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Amside, the, I'd say, pride of British disc golf, Rachel Turton. Rachel, welcome back on the show. Thanks. Yeah, it's great to be here. Thank you very much. How are you, uh, how are you doing at the moment? It is getting colder and chillier and rainier and darker in the evenings. Are you managing to cope? Yeah, it really is, isn't it? I feel like Scotland is possibly even worse for the damp miserableness at the minute. Um, yeah, it's getting Tedious. quite chilly up here. Yeah. I mean, you have it but, worse you know, it's in nice. Scotland, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, live by the sea, so, you know, it, yeah, it's nice, but it is getting colder, definitely. I'm much more of a summer person. But it's nice to, to have started the off-season and to be getting a little bit more relaxed and just chilling out. So, yeah, I'm well, thanks. How That's almost worse being by the sea, though, because it's like you're near the seaside, but you don't have the weather for the seaside. Ah, uh, yeah, almost... that's true. I feel like the Scots will will dip in any weather. My my work colleagues and I had a little dip um, on the end of November because they were raising money for Movember. So, yeah, a big pier jump. Good experience. Okay, for, so for charity, so that makes more sense. I, I, I know Dale has sort of dabbled, but I've never been into this Wim Hof method I struggle to get out of bed when it's I too love it. cold. So <laughs> I swear by it. I absolutely swear by it. Every single well, morning. Well, you can come up here any time for a pier jump. Well, I would say that you understand that November's about the moustache, right? <laughs> That's why yeah, we jumped. In <laughs> That's why we pier water. jumped instead. We couldn't, uh, <laughs> couldn't really help out on that front. <laughs> uh, well, maybe it's well, the guys with moustaches when they come out of the water have got those like frozen water... <laughs> moustaches you see like arctic explorers have but so for some context you're in st andrews which is the home of traditional golf true true so, yeah. so so we but we are a disc golf podcast so obviously we want to jump into disc golf now rachel you've been on the show before but just in case we've got some well actually our spotify wrapped just came out a few weeks ago and apparently according to that we've done really well this year about getting all lots of new listeners so if those listeners haven't listened to the old episodes, why don't you quickly intro Rachel Turton in the world of disc golf? Yeah, of course. So I'm Rachel. I've been playing disc golf for just over two years now. I came to disc golf from Ultimate Frisbee, where I've played for nine years, I think, coming up on nine years. And during the pandemic, when we weren't allowed to play team sports, I took to the disc golf course with an ultra star, really enjoyed myself and then got hooked from there, like I guess many people do. So since then, I've played the European Championships um, and this year I've been on some of the European Pro Tour and Euro Tour events um, and I've also been to Throw Pink which is really cool so that's just a little bit about me. I want to start at Throw Pink let's start high <laughs> because I think that's what most people in the UK are, wanna, are going to want to know about. Because I, I will say we deliberately didn't talk about too much around USAGC and throw pinks. We knew you were going to come on. So this is actually for listeners thinking when they t- they said they were going to mention USAGC and throw pink. When is that? 
It's now. <laughs> it is now. Mm-hmm. We're here for it. So talk me through talk me through Throw Pink, you know. Talk me through your thought process beforehand, travelling to you know uh, Rock Hill and in the tournament itself, you know. What was going through your mind um, and what were your expectations of this event? Yeah, so I mean, even being able to qualify for such a prestigious event, I think is like a first huge step for me, um, really. I qualified by coming second at the PCS Sula Open. Um, which was an event in Norway, fantastic event, really cool. I'd love to get back and play them courses. Um, yep, came second to Anakin, who's a, another fantastic European player. And we both traveled over to the US along with a couple of other European players too. Yeah, Rock Hill's beautiful. Um, Winthrop, the course is just so beautiful. You know, it's in like the center of a, a university campus, which is kind of unique really, um, has a beautiful lake, lots of yeah, stunning holes, really beautiful. But so much OB, like crazy, crazy <laughs> amounts of OB. Definitely the most OB I've ever played on a course. Um, so I got there on the Monday, maybe, and the tournament started on the Thursday. So I had a couple of days to practice and get used to the course. It was nice and warm, so that was a bit of a, a shock to the system from the old Scottish weather. But yeah, I enjoyed the heat, so it was nice to, to feel like I was kind of on holiday as well at the same time. <laughs> so yeah, I nice. got a couple of practice rounds in. Um, and yeah, it was it was a hard course. Like I feel like watching it on the TV, you just don't really fully understand like how hard it is. I mean, if the OB wasn't there, then maybe it would be quite an easy course. But I feel like that's that's the reason that it it is such a yeah such a cool course, such an amazing event. Um, it is really well placed, and yeah, there's OB in lots of the places that you would want to land a disc <laughs> in. And I feel feel like that's how they added the challenge. Um, yeah. Definitely. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun and going into it, maybe, I yeah, I don't really know if I, I don't really feel like I had too many expectations. That was the first time that I've traveled to the US to go and play disc golf. And it was really just to, a great experience to like get a sense of how I fared against the top, like the best of the best players, which, yeah, what a cool opportunity, right? In, in two years of Very playing cool. to be able to go and, and play against the best players in the sport. That's amazing. I was I was really grateful to, to have the experience and to get to play with players such as Kona Panis, Maria Oliva, um, amazing. Cynthia Ricciotti, you know, lots of really big names who probably all of us have watched on YouTube before. So yeah, to get to go and Absolutely. play against the best and with the best and to be able to learn from them, see how they approach the shots, see the kind of things that they throw. In my practice rounds, I didn't play with anybody else, which in hindsight, maybe I would have learned a lot more about the course beforehand because going on and playing the actual tournament rounds, I was seeing, oh yeah, people are people are making very different decisions to the decisions that I'm trying to make. I feel like the UK courses and European courses, I feel like probably reward you quite a lot for being like playing aggressively, trying to mm. really attack and try and get as many birdies as you can. But on that course, I feel like probably my biggest downfall was like trying to be really aggressive on every hole and like hitting a lot of OB and losing discs in the water and then like not having the discs that I would want to throw. And yeah, I feel like I learned quite a lot about how to balance that between like wanting to get as many birdies as possible and also like trying to play conservative on the holes where maybe that was the better idea. And so, yeah, I learned quite a lot about my own game. And I think going forward, it is definitely, definitely made me a better player. Um, yeah, it was nice. such a fantastic experience. And I'm really <laughs> happy I got to go out there. So to take me back to, you know, start of that, what was the experience like of the actual tournament, like turning up, signing in for that event? Because, you know, 
they it, it's not a major but we all know it feels like a major yeah, um, absolutely did yeah mm-hmm. so what was that what was that like did you was it the first time obviously I know you've played a lot in Europe and stuff like that but it's the first time you've had that sort of tour experience like roped yeah, off areas definitely. just for you and, and stuff like that yeah, like the European Pro Tour and the PGGA Euro Tour are super professionally run events. And I definitely would compare them to Through Pink. Um, I think it's fantastic that we've got organizations like that running tours across Europe. And I think that really did help to prepare me for that. But yeah, Through Pink was just another level, you know, pulling up to the, the player's car park and Paul Macbeth pulls up in his, is it a McLaren that he has? Like, yeah. it, that's just, it's unheard of, right? Like, they are, I guess, the the pinnacle of our sport and, you know, pulling into the car park and people are just chilling in their touring vans, like everyone's just having a good time, having a laugh. People have like dogs and cats and pets and yeah, like it just turns into a little village where they all like live and just chill and, you know, like throw a frisbee around and stuff. Um, yeah, the, the players area was really good. Um, it was really well prepared, had a few baskets, had a big field with some nets and things to like to practice driving and practice putting and upshots and stuff. So that side of things felt very professional. Um, for the tournament rounds, they had, well, probably, yeah, probably maybe a hundred volunteers. Um, wow. A lot of them did shuttle rides on golf courts, co- golf carts from the players area all the way up to T1. It's probably only a five, 10 minute walk, but you know, things like that just really add to the professionalism of the experience. Yeah, I, like I was, yeah, I was treated like a professional athlete and you know like as something that I strive to be that's really cool um so yeah it was just so fantastically run like the we had to sign in for for player sign in and see whether we had a caddy caddies had to wear bibs like it yeah it was <laughs> to identify them from the players yeah just all around it was a super professional experience mm-hmm. I, I did notice the bibs this year and I think that was such a nice touch mm-hmm. um one thing so actually a lot of time when we have pros on um they've gone through mainly the American scene. Uh, now, obviously, the the UK is, we're growing, always improving. Um, actually, you're part of Team Ace, uh, so Bubba and the Ace Summer Slam just won the uh, Tournament Director of the Year uh, for the Amazing, British Disc yeah. Golf um, Awards. Me and Dale aren't bitter at all that we were nominated and didn't <laughs> win. That's absolutely fine. But um, I think, what is one thing, obviously, golf cart shuttles to hole one is something that we are obviously a millennia off here in the UK. But was there anything that you thought, you know what, this is a feature, it's something small, it's really accessible and easy to do that you think, wow, that could completely up the tournament game in the UK without too much effort? Interesting. Yeah, I feel like the tournament, so especially through Pink, really was kind of like a world away. I guess at the British tournaments, you know, we we don't expect to have like a lot of spectators to, to require player areas and spectator areas um, or you know spectator passes VIP passes things like that um, things that I really enjoyed were that they had like a little food village which was really cool in between rounds or beforehand you know you could go and grab breakfast or a snack for lunch or dinner they were really well prepared and um, we've seen that at some tournaments you know the British Championships had Luardo's making um, wonderful food all weekend for us and I think think that things like that really start to up that level of professionalism and you know maybe a lot of players in the UK, I think, like to keep tournament fees quite low, which I think helps to really keep the sport really accessible. But I think, I think at least at British Championships, there was the option to be able to add food on and, and things like that. And I think, yeah, giving people the option to be able to, to add these special extras, I think is really cool, but also allows the tournaments to stay accessible. Um, 
for the for the people who don't want all the, the added frills and things like that. Um, so I think that's quite a good idea. Um, I think one tournament last year, I think even Harry Messenger, who obviously a big big sort of name in British disc golf, I think he was making sandwiches. I think part of the sort of the the sandwich. I think he was there buttering the bread. I think they were meant the to be having pizza. But um, <laughs> something happened to the pizza person, so Harry made sandwiches. That's but you know, that just right shows you the UK community, doesn't it? Like everybody is willing to lend a hand and just try and make everybody else's experience better. And I think that's one of the amazing things that is about our disc golf community, that everybody is there to just like help each other, help each other have the best time. And we're all just there to enjoy ourselves and push each other, right? And I think that's that's one of the really cool things about our community. So obviously... Um like you said the community is small and it's strong in the uk um that means that everyone seems to know each other like you said so obviously rachel goes to an event in the uk i'd say majority of the field people you're playing against will know of you or have played with you in tournaments before um going to the us did you feel like the kid that's just changed schools and didn't have any friends (laughs) or was there the sense of oh you're rachel you've done well over in europe welcome to the us were there people that sort of knew your name and sort of kind of knew of you or did you really feel like the the smallest fish in the largest pond i absolutely felt like the smallest fish in the largest pond but i was so surprised when i got there how welcoming and how like grateful the the us players were that we had european players coming over um obviously i knew a couple of the european players um anakin steen and uh heidi lane um and a couple of others as well and then, yeah, I also had people reach out to me and say, oh, yeah, you're the you're the British person. It's so cool that we have a British person over here. And maybe they didn't necessarily know who I was, but they read my name um, on the on the entry list or anywhere else. Yeah. Um, Hayley King came and introduced herself to me. We both have a mutual friend from the US, Mike, um, Mike Lawler. Oh, cool. He's a great guy, really big supporter of, um, yeah, like female players, I guess. He's a, yeah, a really great guy. Um, so she had heard of me through him and came over and introduced herself and that was at the end of the tournament and yeah I just thought it was super cool that you know somebody who has done so well in her in her disc golf career had came over and introduced herself and said like you know it's really cool that you're here it's amazing that you want to come over to the US and compete and you should do it more and you know just just having them players say things like that I think is yeah it's inspirational you know like it, it makes me want to do it more and it makes me want to help encourage other players who would like to to be able to go up and do that um, to do so because it is such a welcoming environment and that was something that I just totally didn't think would happen but yeah like people would go and chill in each other's vans before and after the rounds and even out there it, yeah it does seem like such a friendly community even though I hadn't necessarily anticipated that before going out. We um we loved having Haley on although one thing I don't know if she's like brought back up or mentioned on for Instagram she found like a six foot long like snake skin in the house and she said the snake was somewhere. Oh my God. And I don't, I don't think they've ever said if they found it or not. Which personally, <laughs> if I knew there was like a, a two meter long snake in my house, I'm moving. I'm burning the place down and I'm packing yeah, up. and I'm, I'm, So I think she, she's active on social media so she hasn't been eaten clearly. Um, and then, but one thing, obviously we'll move on to some other aspects. Um, but with Throw Pink, one thing that obviously I'd love to just get uh, an answer from is... So your performance over there. So obviously it was a great event, really well run. Obviously, I think a bit like the the men in the Football World Cup at the moment, everyone in England was sort of cheering on and following on disc and sort of seeing daily how you were getting on. Were you, were you happy with your performance? I think that's the black and white question. 
How do you feel that you played across the week? Yeah, I feel like every tournament that I play, I always come home thinking, oh, I really could have done better at that. And I think that that's one of the things that helps keep on pushing me on is that I want to be the best player that I possibly can be. And so I'm rarely ever satisfied with my performance. And I think that throughout the week, I did learn quite a lot about like course management and, and you know, how to play certain holes. And I think I probably would have been better going in with more of a game plan. Um, and that's something that I did um in the tournaments after that so like british championships and and mihas as well the european pro tour all-stars event um was went in with more of a game plan and like knew the holes where i could attack and wanted to play aggressively and knew the holes that oh maybe that's a little bit more dangerous i'm okay with if i take a take a single bogey that's okay like and i feel like i yeah i learned a lot about course management whereas during the tournament i felt quite frustrated with myself because i didn't really recognize as well like the holes where I needed to play conservatively and the holes that I could attack um so I feel like yeah my course management could have been a lot better um yeah there were so many things where I was like oh if I'd have just done this oh if I'd have just done that <laughs> and I felt like there was probably more of that than I would normally have yeah I, I would have liked to have done a lot better certainly but I mean I guess everybody would probably say that looking back at tournaments right oh I could have done this here could have made that put there could have done I this think there. about it quite a lot yeah, and I, I'm quite like back. quite analytical and maybe quite critical about myself. Um, and there were times where like I, I did pull really good stretches together. You know, I, I birdied a lot of holes and I knew that if I yeah had played slightly more conservatively on areas that I'd struggled in, that I, I could have been up there. And like, it's cool to see that, that Definitely. like I, I have the ability to be able to do that. And with a little bit more experience, like maybe I'll, maybe I'll be up there 100%. too. So have you got, from from that course have you got a hole that you were like i love this hole and then a hole that you were like i never want to play this hole again um i'm not very good at remembering which hole is which but there was a hole i think it was might have been hole 10 maybe um that was maybe like 115 meters to the basket maybe and like the whole of the area in front of the tee pad to like a tiny bit of the the green was OB. You could play yeah. safe down the right hand yeah. side and and just play for the par, and that's fine. Oh, was no, it was a par four for the women, I believe. Par, par four for, for par yeah, I know the hole you mean. I I want to say that it's I want to say seven or eight because it's right, quite yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and it's it's like um it goes round, isn't it? In like a yeah. diamond, yeah. Exactly, yeah. So. Was that a hole that you enjoyed or a hole that you did not like? <laughs> that was a hole I really liked because, so in the practice rounds, the, like, it was just, yeah, it was just like a 115 metre shot or 120 metre shot and then you'd be a, a tapping eagle, really. But then for the days of the tournament, they added three big trees right in front of the tee pad. <laughs> so I was just, I was just throwing a fairway, like, straight down the middle of the, yeah, straight down the middle of the fairway, I guess, overall the OB, um, and I knew that I could throw this fairway driver 100 meters exactly. Like I knew that I was very confident in in getting to the the peninsula that stuck out that was mm-hmm. um, inbounds. And then got to the tournament and they'd added a tree right in where I Big wanted Christmas to throw. Trees. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I think the first two rounds, I think I still tried to execute the same game plan as I did, but I had my mind on the trees and yeah, I think I was OB the first two rounds, I think. But then I think the third round I disked up and threw the Heiser shot and then yeah, made the eagle. Um, nice. so that was quite nice. I was glad that I like conquered that hole in the end, so that was pretty good. 
Um, and then the hole that I liked the least, probably hole 18. What Amazing a classic hole, right? Hole what what an incredible <laughs> hole, but what a separator as well. Um, yeah, I, I really struggle with that hole and I feel like I could have managed it a lot better. Um, so that's one that I would like to get back to and, you know, like try and conquer a bit more. Um, another day, another time, hopefully another year. We'll see. Um, yeah, very tricky shot. You have to throw... So the tee pad is like facing the side of the lake. So if you throw like a, a normal flat back and it will hyzer out into the lake. And then the hill on the right hand side is sloping from like high right to low left. So any disc that catches an edge, it will just roll straight into the water. Um, so the first shot is pretty, pretty tricky. And then the green is really tight. Uh, Ubi on the right and then lake on the left. And yeah, you have to play up a hill. And then around a corner and the basket is an elevated basket and behind the basket there is a big drop off and big yeah drop. if the disc is on an edge then <laughs> it's rolling all the way down that cliff into the water so a very very tricky hole to to finish around on like it could have been a good round and then you get to the end and you never know what's going to happen on on hole 17 and hole 18. yeah some really tricky holes but a lot of fun did you have any um i don't know, anyone that saw you play say over in uh, in the like the Sula open Mm-hmm. Um, did you have anyone that saw you play there that then saw you play this event? Because one thing that I found hilarious when you're on coverage on, on the Solar Open, the commentators were saying, oh, this is the English player that plays standstill. She doesn't run up. <laughs> and everyone was screaming. I, I know myself and Dale were like, no, she's injured. Like <laughs> yeah. she, has a, she has a run up. So um, I, I always thought it must be funny that one day they're going to see you with this, your normal form and go, oh, we were... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, I don't, oh wait she can throw really. 20 meters further than she could do and she can't <laughs> yeah. hmm, what a surprise <laughs> she's we learned a lot in the past two months <laughs> <laughs> she's taught herself to run up and now she's at throw pink but, but um, going back over oh go on Rob I was, I was going to say um, I wanted to sort of go into Europe a little bit um, one because uh, one thing I was uh, I mean I'm you know I, I've got birds in all kind of in all kinds of places I was chatting to the infamous Eric Turton, so Rachel's dad, oh. at the uh, the Manchester Bag Tag League, uh-huh. um, and he was saying that prepping for um, the the your latest European tournament, you were trying to play some courses in the UK with maybe a little bit of elevation and yeah. maybe to try and prepare. And this is a conversation that we're having a lot in sort of UK disc golf, especially when talking about players like yourself or Joe O'Brien, the people that let's face it are much better than myself and Dale and have a shot at some of these uh, these big events. But there is a massive handicap in the sense that the courses in Europe and the courses in the US are different. It's like if a footballer practice on a pitch half the size, right? Your your stamina is not going to be the same. Your distance is going to be the same. So can you talk us through a little bit about that sort of maybe physical and mental preparation to play a course which is much more challenging than you're used to? Because it's it's a, like it seems like it'd be a different game entirely almost. Yeah, I fully agree with you. Yeah, the course design is so different. And, you know, I get that the UK is mostly, like a lot of it is grassroots, which is fantastic and it helps to get people into the game. Um, I feel like if a lot of people started playing on the courses that are on, you know, the European Pro Tour and the tours in the US, they would never I wouldn't say game grassroots, I'd ridiculous. say mud flats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, course design is, is very, very different. But getting to play at Whitcomb Farm for British Championships was a really, really good um, yeah, way to prepare for Mijas. Yeah, 
fantastic rolling hills of Dorset, a beautiful place as well. And yeah, like long, challenging par threes that, yeah, compared really well to the courses that I have played in the US and out in Europe as well. Um, so there certainly are some courses in the UK that are, yeah, designed reasonably similarly. Um, and yeah, it's just a different feel, really. There's a couple that have started popping up in Scotland on golf courses as well that are a little bit longer. And yeah, like, you know, you'll regularly see... 150 160 meter par threes out in out in europe or in the us which you just wouldn't really get at most places in the uk um so yeah it does feel kind of like a different game and even in spain like if i could throw 10 to 15 meters further then i would have got a lot more birdies um the distance is yeah you you need a lot of distance to be able to go and play um at least the courses that i've played out in europe i'm sure that there's lots that are in Finland, Estonia, you know, like tightly wooded courses that might compare to some of the courses that we have over here. Um, Bluebell Woods Dunbar is, yeah, is a really good woods course. And I th- think that, you know, when I played in Copenhagen and when I played at um, Tooney and Sula, there's, yeah, there's definitely comparable holes there. Um, so I'm sure that some UK, UK courses do compare to, to some of the holes at, at other courses around the world. But yeah, it does. It does feel like a big step up, a different world. And yeah, like it, it is difficult to, I guess, mentally and physically prepare for that if if you don't get to experience it regularly it can be quite like a yeah a bit of a culture shock i guess um but you know it's all part of the game right it's all part of the fun and part of the challenge and that's why i enjoy going and yeah going and play such different courses and seeing the areas of my game that i can work on and get better on and seeing what i what i struggle with and what i do well at compared to other people it's interesting nice so talking about all stars, obviously you mentioned at the start that you, you took down the win. Um, how was that experience for you? I mean, we hadn't heard of the all star event. I, I'm not gonna lie, I hadn't heard of it until I saw that you were signed up to it. Obviously, we've got the one over in the US. So one, is it a new event for this year? And two, what was the sort of process behind it? And you know, taking down that win, how did that feel? Yeah, so it was a new event coming for this year. Um, it's part of the European Pro Tour, which only started this year as well. Um, and I think it's really cool that there is like a, an all-star event at the end of it. I think it's fantastic to be able to, you know, compete and build all year. And then everybody who wins an event um, and maybe the second place as well, I think, gets to go and compete at the all-star event. I think, yeah, I think that's really cool. Um, it was amazing to go out to Spain in November. The weather was nice, <laughs> apart from one day when it rained. Um, and yeah, it was just something really good to look forward to. About eight weeks ago now, um, I bought a house and... Then so I bought a house the week before I went to Three Pink. So I was very, very stressed heading out to the US, which probably contributed to yeah, like how I dealt with things out in the US, I guess, how I felt about my performance. Um and then coming back was very stressful, moving all my things, um, getting everything sorted. And then I think there were it was maybe like a week or two before I went to through uh, before I went out to the European All Stars then. So I was still quite stressed. I hadn't practiced as much as I would have liked to. Um yeah, I definitely hadn't been on the course as much as I'd want to. But I had been putting quite a lot in the garden. I have a sloped garden. So the basket is in like the mid level of the garden. So I've been practicing my uphill puts, my downhill puts, seeing which direction the disc would roll off a hill. And yeah, I think that really I think that really helped me out and gave me quite a lot of confidence um going out to to Mijas, which was kind of nice. But really going out, I didn't really have any expectations. You know, it was the end of a very long season. My season started in January and continued to the end of November. And I was playing ultimate as well. So I think I had 
maybe like 20 tournament weekends uh, for disc wow. golf and then maybe like 15 to 20 ultimate weekends so i haven't had a lot of time off this year as well as working the full-time job so it's been a long year and like in the middle yeah i did definitely feel quite burnt out um so i didn't have particularly high expectations of myself going in um i honestly just wanted to go and enjoy it just enjoy playing a new course, enjoy being in the sunshine. My dad came to caddy for me, um, so that was fantastic to have him out there as well. Um, and yeah, it was just nice to spend some time as a family. Um, my mum sadly was in work, and my partner always was working as well, but it was great to have my dad out there. Um, yeah, I just nice. wanted to have a bit of fun, really. Um, again, only played practice rounds on my own, so didn't really get to see the shots that anyone else was throwing or how people were playing the course. In my first practice round, so I, I could only go out two days before but on the evening so i had one day of practice a little bit stressful i would have definitely liked to have had more practice <laughs> rounds so i played two rounds on the wednesday and the tournament started on the thursday and i think i went eight over and then two under so i knew that i could go under par i was feeling pretty good but also knew that there were holes that i yeah struggled on and holes that i definitely wanted to like manage and just like try and not do too badly on and then holes that I yeah. knew that I could attack so I had quite nice. a good game plan going in I was pretty happy with that and then didn't check the scores really the whole tournament um just kind of tried to focus on my own game and just the shots that I was executing and just not really think too much about anybody else which kept me in a really good headspace um for the first round at least yeah uh, it was really chill having a good time just enjoying myself the wind was very different to how it was in the practice day and the weekend before had been super windy as well, where there was the EPTX event. So I believe that's anybody could apply to, to go and play that event. Um, and then the winners of that qualified for this as well, for the for the All-Stars nice. event, which is pretty cool. I think that's a nice way to do it too. Yeah, I think we had a couple of uh, couple of other Brits go over. I know we did. Um, sort of Danny and Brandon and sort of Luke Dorakins as well. Like, yeah, so exactly, the Manchester yeah. The Manchester unit managed to make the trips. So that was uh, quite cool to see. Yeah, definitely. And it is cool that like other people are, are competing around Europe as well. It, it yeah. is really cool. Um, so it was good to see them. Well, I didn't get to see them, but it was good to see that they were out there and enjoying themselves as well, having fun. Um, I believe there was, was there a Manchester contingent and a Croydon contingent, I think, that went over? Boo! <laughs> I'm, I'm Leeds, so I'm, I'm Manchester contingent all the way. <laughs> but yeah, it's how great your... that, that more people were out there competing. How have your work uh, reacted to it? No. <laughs> How have your work reacted to you know, your your success in disc golf? And more to the point, are they going to put a disc golf basket on St. Andrew's old course? Not on the old course, but we do have a course at the university. We have nine baskets, um, which is nice. Yeah, I get to go and play lunchtime and putt and stuff, which is really cool. <laughs> Definitely contributes to, to helping me, I think, as a player. Um, yeah, uh, it is kind of hard to fit a full-time job and to try and be a professional athlete it's yeah. certainly something that i'm like considering in the future you know like what will happen um but for now they're very good they watched the videos from all stars they oh, thought nice. i did very well they're very impressed and a lot of them hadn't i don't think really seen it before like maybe they've seen me throwing and thought oh what's she doing like this is a bit weird but i feel <laughs> like seeing the the post-produced coverage that you know the the quality is really good like it is a really professionally run, a, a, yeah, a really great way to, to showcase the sport, really. And I think that they now start to understand that, oh, yeah, like, 
she's actually quite good at this. It, it does maybe it's a little <laughs> bit weird. She's throwing frisbee around in the field most of the time, but yeah, she's kind of good, isn't she? You know, she's competing on a European stage, and I feel like it's cool that they see that. You know, they're sports people themselves, and so can appreciate what it takes to to be able to go and do that. And so yeah, it's nice that they watched, um, and hopefully they'll they'll watch more in the future. The um so like obviously loads of ultimate loads of disc golf you must be great to share an office with because if I say hey Rachel can you chuck me like a chuck me a biscuit I know that is coming at me with the <laughs> highest precision yeah, <laughs> not, that, that's not going over my head that has come straight to the hand you know I'm sure you're a safe pair of hands when it comes to throwing round objects don't know how many how many of them are in a in an office environment obviously staplers oh, maybe my office Slightly is more. full of random objects that can be thrown yeah. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like my colleagues are really cool. They all, a lot of them have tried it. You know, we've been out together and we've gone and played and a lot more of them want to, to go out and play now after seeing the, the All-Stars event, which is cool. Awesome. Well, something that's round that should be hanging in your office, um, which is obviously because of the win at the All-Stars event, um, you've got a signature disc, which is, is correct. super yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. Is there one in the office? Is it hanging out? Uh, yeah, well, it's not hanging up, but yeah, there there are some in the office, and it only you can see them now. But yeah, so <laughs> it, it's pretty cool to have my first signature disc, isn't it? Yeah, I'm very proud of it, and yeah, I'm pretty much sold out already, which is really cool as well. Yeah, within like a couple of days, so amazing. Thanks that... to everyone who's bought one. It's really cool to be supported. It's amazing. That doesn't surprise me at all. I think. Because I think there's only about 50 available, am I yeah, right? Yeah, correct. It's a very small run. Um, but, you know, maybe that's like, maybe that's a good thing. Um, people are interested and, yeah, I can go and, and talk to my sponsors. But there's so many people in the UK that do want to support you and follow you. So I'm not surprised that as soon as they were released, uh, they went. And there's a lot of prodigy sort of plastic throwers in the UK growing as well. So obviously yeah, it's I think it is growing, prodigy. yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so how much input did you have? How much input did you have with the the design, or did Prodigy essentially say, "This is the disc. It's got your name on it. Here are 50. I had full design control. I um nice. Yeah, I honestly wouldn't call myself much of a designer, um, but my brother's really good, and he um sent me a fantastic program, and I drew lots of lines, and made some mountains, which honestly coincidentally look a lot like the hills of Mihas. If any of you have ever been. Or want to go then have a compare of the disc to the hills and yeah i think they um they look very good um well i, I say very good i think they look quite a lot like the experience that i had when i was out in my house which is really cool um so it's nice to have like a little commemorative disc from it um even though it wasn't necessarily meant for that um that's just kind of the way it's worked out which is yeah it was really nice and how many have you kept for yourself? I think that's the important thing. Oh. I would, I would, I would, I would want all fifty. I'd be like, oh, but what yeah. I lose them? <laughs> yeah. So I'm gonna throw two, and then for now, gonna keep two in the office. But I guess maybe they'll end up being thrown as well. Who knows? Always got. But to be fair, the when and also when you win all your other events that you're gonna win next season. Then you'll be like, oh, if I keep if I kept two discs from every win, I'd I'd be swimming in discs. You know, I'd have too many. So I guess it's it's start as you mean to go on. So you know, yeah, keep four. You know, then, then you can have another four, then another four. You know, <laughs> fingers crossed. Well, I try my sure. hardest and and see what happens next season as well. Yeah, well, do my best. And you said they're almost sold out, or are they fully sold out? Uh, there are currently still three sat on the desk, but a couple of people have messaged me today, and I just haven't got around to that yet. So, 
Okay, so just like there may be an option, maybe may. they're probably sold out. But if you listen to this, there may be one more. So uh, you know what? That's a that's a plug. Not that you need it, because obviously, like you said, they've been very uh, very sought after already. But yeah, maybe a lucky listener that, that gets one. Super grateful that so many people have messaged me and wanted to buy them. You know, it, that's that's really cool that people want to to want to buy a disc with my name on I never would have thought that that would happen coming into the sport um just a couple of years ago and yeah I'm super grateful for everyone's messages everyone's yeah everyone's support everyone's comments on social media it's it's really kind it's really nice to know that so many people like Brits and Europeans are are all behind me and yeah it's fantastic it's such a lovely community to be a part of nice now Quickly going back to the UK for a sec, because obviously if we look at your PGA wins, there's a lot in the UK, and obviously this year we've seen a lot just over a in Europe. Just a few. Were you starting, I'm going to get, what, what, see how I word this, but were you starting to get frustrated with the level of competition here? Obviously there's a lot of people moving up the ranks and some amazing disc golfers in the FBO scene. Yeah, definitely. But what we were seeing, and I'm, I'm sure you appreciate, is you were winning quite by quite big margins. So there was quite a gap. Um, were you starting to get frustrated? So you pushed yourself to go to Europe, go to America to try and focus on those bigger wins and focus on a bit of a, a higher caliber competition? I feel like playing disc golf for me mainly is about like how I play against myself. And I feel like that's how I've kind of played from the start, really. So even even out in the All-Stars event, like I just wanted to play as well as I could, I guess, rather than just... I don't know, staying ahead of the rest. Like, I, I feel like I always try and play to be the best player that I can be and, like, try not to try not to measure myself too much against other people. But it is kind of good to get, like, a, a benchmark, an idea of how you're doing. And I feel like it probably helps to push you as well, like, knowing that, you know, if you're if you're closely battling with somebody, you know, like, that, that's more motivation and, like, possibly, you know, yeah like more yeah extra motivation to to help you improve and get better but yeah like playing against myself I think for me is quite important um and you know like I'll I'll think about it in other tournaments I've played some MPO this year which has been a good challenge as well because I I think it is quite good to practice being you know like being behind or being tight with people in tournaments I feel like it's quite a different mentality to just going out there and like maybe not necessarily I mean some events I've I've been the only person in FPO and and that just is what it is right but I feel like when you get to tournaments where you're in a close position with somebody or like you're battling or either like you're chasing or you're trying not to let them get ahead of you yeah I feel like that is a very very different mentality to to what I've practiced with before so it has been cool to go out to Europe and like be in close competition with other people in Sula PCS Sula Open, um, Anakin Sten, very great player from Norway. She was leading from round one. She, she has played and won at that course a few times before, which is really cool. Um, but yeah, by the end of round three, I think I was six strokes back, and I was like, no, nah, like I, I, you know, I, I want to do this. I, I want to try and, I want to try and play really aggressively to try and catch her and like get, you know get practice of that and like you know try and win this tournament um and yeah that was a really cool opportunity as well like practicing from being behind somebody and and trying to catch them and like you know playing every shot super aggressively um I did really well until the the, yeah until like the 17th 18th hole I think I was 
one stroke behind going into the 18th hole and I knew that I had to throw my second shot really aggressively to try and make the birdie um and I was about a meter short of making the like inbounds little tiny little islandy yeah. peninsula thing um and I, yeah I think that's a really cool opportunity that, that I get to go and do that in Europe and out in the US you know to yeah to challenge myself against players who are way better than I am that's not something that I get to practice an awful lot over in the UK but yeah like you say there are a lot of different people up and coming the team ace women are fantastic and are always constantly like striving to improve themselves um yeah and it's really great to, to see a lot more talented women coming through in the sport obviously there are lots of talented women that have come before me you know Sue and Sean have both competed abroad they've competed in Europe um, Sue might have even been to the US I'm not sure off the top of my head but yeah it's cool that people have come before me and hopefully lots more people will come after as well I'm, I'm sure they will I am um, just a sort of a tidbit story um, I've said I think I've on the podcast before which is um, on we in the, in the final round of Sule, I was actually at a barbecue meeting pretty much all of my fiance's family, extended family for the first time. And I was sort of glued to glued to <laughs> disc golf network on my phone and they sort of say, Oh, rubbed you another beer. I'm like, No, no, I'm fine. So sort of I uh, I ignored my future family for ten minutes, twenty minutes, why um uh, why I saw you sort of finish the uh finish the tournament out and it was like you said, it was just just out of bounds on eighteen, and it was uh, absolutely gutting. But I think it was obviously it was so close. However, I think I even sort of turned to people that had no idea what disc golf was and said, "What that's going to do is that's going to sort of make people think, oh, well, you know what? The UK have got some talent which is going to start showing through.'" And uh, I think, yeah, I think you've been fantastic as an ambassador for British disc golf um, over in Europe. I that's think that's great. And what you um, and what you've said about um, playing MPO as well is really interesting because I know uh, uh, Bella Bella Tate, who I would say is probably one of your closest competitions, especially in the UK. Um, I remember I was there for British Champs last year, the fierce battle to uh, yeah. <laughs> to, to finish that tournament. Um, but she's done exactly that. She's played MA one and and yeah. various um, MA divisions because when I think I think she'd rather play female divisions yeah. but obviously when the field isn't there then you want to still have some competition you know you you, you want to have that feeling of playing a competitive sport which I think we all like and get a kick out of yeah it, and it's a difficult balance you know like I I really want to grow the women's game and I think the way for me to do that the best way that I can is to go and represent at the highest level that I can and and you know have other people be inspire able to people oh well Rachel's done it so yeah I could I could go off and play in Europe I could go and earn a spot to a US tournament I think that's probably the best way that I can grow the game myself. I think I can qualify for Throw Pink Women's next year. I believe in myself. <laughs> do it. You, that's, yeah, that, that's, you that's my it. goal. <laughs> um, but, you know, it feels kind of a little bit counterproductive to go and play MPO divisions when I all I want to see or like I want to try and help the growth of the women's divisions. But, you know, like you have to do, I have to do what's best for myself as well. Um, and I feel like getting practice against people who are better than me, I think, is is a good. Idea. I think you inspire people to get better at disc golf, whereas we inspire people to not get better at disc golf <laughs> and just to be good at talking about disc golf. And by disc that's the difference to us. Yeah, by, by disc golf. Yeah. That's exactly yeah, it. You know, everybody has different aspirations going into disc golf, right? And I feel like the UK community is good at providing for most people um which is fantastic you know well it's those that can't do teach and those that can't teach start a podcast right that's the uh, <laughs> that's, that's, that's the, the new thing. thing 
That's the new saying. Rob Nickel 2022. Um, you get that on a t-shirt. Um, uh, I'll sell it as merch. Get um, that on a disc. Rachel, get that on a disc. Maybe, I don't, I'll, I'll, I won't print, I'll print 50 and I'll sell two of them and that's because <laughs> me and Dale will buy one each. Um, I'm a buy one. But we, are, we, we will have some, uh, we will have some discs next year. We obviously we're hosting the Essex Open again and uh, those are very popular. So who knows? Maybe we'll sneak our, in the graphics, we'll sneak our names, Rob and Dale, in the graphics somewhere. Yeah. So then we can say that we had signature series discs. Um, but obviously, uh, we're in the off season now, but it'd be great just to cover what your sort of goals and aspirations are for next season. I know you're not slowing down or stopping anytime soon, hopefully. Um, so, what please is don't leave your job on the podcast, by the way. If you can <laughs> no. do that, just make sure. You um, do it. I've, I've got to get this right. I've been getting it wrong at work all month. What does 2023 have in store? Yeah, I've been, I've been saying that 24. Word yet, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, 2023. Uh, it's going to be a big disc golf one for me. I have elected to not play ultimate competitively. Wow. <gasps> you might still see me on that's, ultimate field somewhere, but yeah. So, that's breaking um, news. It is, yeah. And like, it, that's, yeah, it's quite a big decision for me to take. And I definitely didn't take it lightly. I'm going to miss competing with my friends a lot. Hopefully I'll still see them at points. Um, but I feel like to be the best player that I can be at either sport, yeah, I would need to focus on one or the other. And so for now, I'm going to focus on the disc golf and see where I can get to, which I think is really exciting. So I'll have a lot more time to, to focus on disc golf itself. I won't have to think about throwing the big frisbee and um, catching and things like that. I'll just be able to focus on, yeah, my, my disc golf um, skills. That sounds which... like a metaphor for sort of uh, for dying. It's like, oh, one day I'll be throwing the big frisbee in the sky. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe throwing it around the moon. Exactly. Um, yeah, so that's really cool. I'm I'm really excited to just like nail down more skills and yeah, like hone hone my skills, hone my technique for disc golf, which is really exciting. Um, throwing uh, an ultra star is quite different to throwing a disc golf disc, so I'm excited Massive. that I'll just get to to focus on throwing one, which is really cool. So yeah, hopefully I'll have a lot more time to go and play, maybe more, maybe just more European or more US tournaments than I did this year. Um, I played. 20 tournaments which is quite a lot you know when you wow. think about it wow um that is a lot yeah mm-hmm. so yeah european I'm, I'm open next year I, played. I would love to play the european open yeah um yeah. that's definitely on the list it's a major i would definitely like to play a major whether that's that and worlds. Pro worlds or whether it's yeah i've turned pro now um so yeah whether that's pro worlds or whether that's european open i'd definitely like to try and play a major that's on the list um there's lots of tournaments I'd like to play in the US and I feel like I have to just um, see which ones will fit in with my work schedule. Yeah. Um, I definitely won't be able to play. Uh, yeah, I won't be able to play a full season on tour, um, but I'd certainly like to head out to the US again. I really enjoyed that experience and thought it was super nice. cool. And yeah, I would like to do more of that. So definitely Flight and economy, comeback business class. That sounds good. Cool, <laughs> I have to do well enough first, but maybe... <laughs> Yeah, definitely will more be, uh, European Pro Tour events and, and PDGA Euro Tour events as well, definitely. We'll be out there next year at some point in the States, so maybe uh, maybe the stars are aligned and uh, you've got... I don't know, how do we can... We can we'll be on, have two we'll be on tuxedos with microphones. That's how it's going out. <laughs> Yeah, but that's you good, can like you, live you have... stream the rounds to the people in the UK who, who want to watch play-by-play. <laughs> It'll be the I disc of not that work. sort of that sort of ability, Rachel. I'm, I'm not gonna lie to you. It took me a week and a half to edit a ten minute video. I'm not quite sure I've got the the skills to be able to do a live stream. But 
That's, that raises a good question, though, because obviously there's not a limit on how many discs you can carry. Is there Correct. a limit on how as many bags you can carry? And could you have two caddies? I don't see why not. I mean, maybe in some events, like some events you have to register your caddy, but yeah, on there. That'd be maybe so baller. Yeah. <laughs> Just rocking like around it. with like a, a, a posse all with bags <laughs> and you have like your entire collection. Yeah, I, I mean, if you're offering, one of you could take the snack bag and the other of you could take the disc bag. <laughs> snack bag, that sounds lighter. I'll take the snacks. Yeah. Well, I don't know. How, it depends how hungry you get out on the course. <laughs> I, yeah, I need feeding very often on the disc golf course. I need to keep, <laughs> need to keep the sugar levels up. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Rachel, no matter what you do uh, next season, I know that obviously we'll be watching and, well, that sounds like a song that Sting sings. <laughs> um, but we'll definitely be following uh, your disc golfing next year. I'm sure you'll be on live coverage a lot more, so can't wait to see you on the Disc Golf Network. Um, anyone that wants to follow or sort of find out what you're doing within the disc golf world, let them know where they can find you. And also, this is a time you can thank sponsors. Like you said, you've got a couple, so I'm sure you want to sort of uh, give a thank you to them. Absolutely, yeah. Obviously, I'm super grateful to um, Ace, Team Ace. I've, yeah, I've been on the team for two years now, and I think that they've really helped my progression through disc golf. You know, they, they scooped me up when I hardly knew what the sport was, and they have brought me a disc golf family, and just, yeah, they continue to raise the game at everything, really, disc selling tournaments team. It's all been absolutely fantastic, and I'm so proud to be a part of that and what they've created through it. Um, yeah, so I'm super grateful to, to Team Ace, to Bubba and Jay. Uh, Prodigy Disc as well, Prodigy Disc Europe have supported me so much this year. I think that yeah, being with them has really helped me to to progress and excel to playing in Europe and and playing in the US. And yeah, the discs are fantastic. You know, being part of the team is really cool, and getting to meet other Prodigy Disc players, yeah, has has really helped my game and helped my progression too. So I'm super grateful to them for everything that they've done for me. Um, you know, my family, friends, everyone who sent me messages this year, it's so cool to, to you know, ha- know that I have so much support back home. Um, yeah, thanks to everyone who, who keeps on following me and, and says hi and, and says how well I'm doing. Like, it, it really does mean a lot to get these messages. So thank you very much. For people who don't already know me, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Rachel Sarah Elizabeth or on my Facebook page, um, which I think is just called Rachel Turton. But if you search it, I'm sure you'll find me. Um, yeah, I also have a YouTube channel. I might start creating a little bit more content. Now I have a bit more time, um, so you can look me up on there as well. And yeah, hopefully I'll be producing some content over the winter. We'll see. Also, massive Perfect. thanks to you guys for having me. It's always lovely to chat. And yeah, it's really cool to it's be always, on It's always again. good to have you on, Rachel. We um, we enjoy chatting. And it's always good to have someone homegrown on the podcast. You know, We talk so, so, uh, to people from all over the world, but having someone that's homegrown that we can watch grow in the sport is is what this podcast is all about because we started probably at the same time as you yeah. you've done a lot better than we have we're still we're still plodding along but i don't know um, rachel rachel isn't charting in over 20 countries so who's <laughs> well, really succeeding here true. yeah i think it's you guys, <laughs> is. you're probably introducing the sport to a lot more people than i have so you are doing a fantastic job Look, and, and yeah it's, rachel it's really rachel cool we're both sponsored disc golfers aren't we so <laughs> exactly. let's be honest you might even but do as you me have and more Rob, sponsors than i do um i don't want to answer that question i think so i think so uh, but we're like um but, it's, it's like, different, isn't it? It's, 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 it's honorary, isn't it? We're good. 
It's our blessing. Talking. Yeah, you're amazing at podcasting. It's, they sort of we say, oh, you know, they, they they try, so we'll send them some discs and let them, <laughs> we'll let them put our logo on their shirt when they play tournaments. You know, so it's uh, it's all good. But Rachel, I'm sure we'll have you on the show next season because we're sort of wrapping things up for season three, I believe. Oh, it's gone gone crazy. Um, or two? two. Season oh, two. Good. About God, to start season two. Season two. <laughs> About to start season three. So we'd love Time to get you back in season three. But until then, I thank you so much for coming on and we'll catch you soon. Yeah, it was so lovely to chat to you. Thank you very much for having me. Boom, Rachel there for the third time. So I said long awaiting just before the interview. However, I meant long awaiting, you know, since the new stuff. After America and uh, and really like the incredible season she's had. But, you know, third time on the, on the show. So regular listeners may sort of start seeing a familiar voice. You might, if you're thinking, hey, have I heard this person before? Yes, you have. Um but obviously with some exciting new news uh, and lots of discover topics to talk about. So thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on the show. Um, yeah, honestly, I think next year our eyes are just wide open to see what she gets oh, up to. I cannot wait to see what she does next year. Um, I think she's going to come out, as she said in the interview, You know, she's going to focus on disc golf. She's not going to focus on ultimate, which for her is huge. Um, and I think I'm very, very exciting. Very exciting. I'm very excited to see how she fares. I I think you're quite excited, Dale. Don't don't I don't think so down like that. I, I I think I'm excited to go. With um with Ultima though, I did I went for a Christmas drink on on Saturday, and by Christmas drink I mean several Christmas drinks. Mm-hmm. Um, and sent, well, as you know, sent you a very loving message loving. about how very good a, how good a, about how good a friend you were. But that's I what you know it. that's. That's what rum and coke does. What, what, what? So you telling me it was just drink talking? <laughs> you didn't mean a word of it. It was half and half. All oh, right. Half. <laughs> All the nice bits were real. <laughs> All the bring... spelling mistakes were not. <laughs> <laughs> it brings us to a close, really, though. You know, we've had such a. Well, what, what I was going to say briefly on that is when I was out for my Christmas drinks, someone asked me how the ultimate was going. They said, "Hi, oh. hey, Rob, how's that on my frisbee?" And I. <laughs> Oh, I was this close to leaving. I was like, I, I was this close. I think you're right, disc golf. And they said, what's the difference? And honestly, I started frothing at the mouth, started educating. <laughs> Sounds and, like uh, Saturday night. And that's one more person that knows what a disc golf is. So I consider, <laughs> the whole, the I whole consider my, does now. I consider my <laughs> job done. I can just imagine you like, there's a, there's a live band in this pub. And it's just you grab the mic. Hello, everyone. I'm Rob from the Amside Podcast, and I'm here to I've tell you. I've got something to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, but as I was saying, yeah, that that brings us really you know, to the end of 2022. Um, we tried something new this year, doing um, bi-monthly, bi-weekly. I always get it wrong. Um, every other I week, think, I I think they're one and the same. Bi-monthly. I, 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 I had to Google this because no, because because bi-weekly. When you say bi-weekly, it can mean two a week or it can mean every other week. All oh, right. Well, we tried so, that. We went to every so, other week rather than every. And do you know what? It has been less stressful, and I think we've been able to get out better episodes because of it. We've had some incredible guests um, this year, and who you'll hear from in just a second, um, as they wish you a, a merry Christmas. But we've had the likes of critics and uh, Paige Pierce, Hannah McBeth. Um, just huge, huge names that we are, and some still some big ones we want to get on the show, um, and we'll we'll continue striving. It, it's good though because we haven't had every person on, so we've still got a third season coming, 
But, Rob, I think it's time we take a Christmas break. I, th- I think so. I think the next... We might we might do a little New Year's special, but I think we're going to um, give it a couple of weeks. It, it, some people might be saying, hey, but you guys only release an episode every three weeks with this weird scheduling. And yes, you know, but um, I think... We want to bring we want to bring good content. We don't want yeah. to bring just dribble. And this um, off scene's been boring. Been nothing's happening. Nothing. So, a few uh, we, people have left here and there, but there's been nothing to talk about. So I think we're gonna do a. Uh, we might do a New Year special. You know, maybe talk talk about some of our disc golf resolutions. Res- maybe re- revolutions. No, Resolution. revolutions is when you spin around. Resolution. Yeah. Well, to so talk about maybe revolutions some is our, to do with disc golf, but we are talking about resolutions. There you go. So maybe, maybe we'll do a little uh, New Year special, but we really are going to be a bit. We're going to be a bit quieter on the podcast front. But um, there's some big it, things coming up on the old social medias. Yeah, so check out social media. Um, I was going to say social medias, then like an, an old person. Are oh, you on the social medias? <laughs> um, it's on the Instagrams. So announcements coming from both uh, the podcast and um, us as individuals. So that's really exciting. Um, really exciting. The, I mean, a resolution that I can say now previous, prior, I'm losing my words, it's late, prior to the um, uh, to the resolution episode is that obviously when this cold snap disappears, I want to get out, do a lot more on, yeah, I'm with a lot you more on, on social media. Um, so people that follow myself, mine and Dale's Instagrams will know they'll be unboxing some lovely discs, so we'll definitely be getting out there, filming some content, telling you what we think of those moulds, some moulds that you might not have heard of or used, including the Hawk. Um, and yeah, just keep your eyes peeled. But really, without dragging on too much, for me, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Dale, sign us off. Yeah, every person that's listened this year, um, it has been an incredible journey once again. Thank you so much. We have charted in so many different countries. We are we are touching so many parts of the world that we never even dreamt that disc golf was even there. And the fact that people listen to us um, and we're growing an audience year in, year out has been perfect. And I, just, I can't put it into words how, how great it is to see every week um, all those uh, messages coming in, the listeners going up. So thank you, everyone. Uh, we'll be back in 2023 um, with a whole new season of disc golf if you haven't checked us out on social medias make sure you check out at amside uh, underscore dale and at amside underscore rob for our personals and also at the amside podcast and all um of those normal social media things people use except twitter can't bother with that um, make sure you check out our youtube like follow subscribe all of the above but until next year if we don't Ooh. see you on the course we'll see you on the amside So play us out, the class of 2022. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Dickerson, and I just want to wish you a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hi, I'm Ben Calloway, and I just want to say Happy Holidays, uh, Merry Christmas, and Happy New Year to everyone. And here's to 2023. I'm Gavin Babcock, and I just want to wish everyone a Merry Christmas. Hi, I'm Haley King, and I'm wishing the Amside podcast Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. Hey guys, Hannah Macbeth here. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Hello, Johnny McRae here with Team Latitude 64. And uh, Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year to you all. And remember the reason for the season. God is good. Hey guys, Nate from Ledgestone here. Wishing all of the Amside podcast listeners a Merry Christmas. 
All right. Hello to all the AmSide podcast listeners. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy Hanukkah, whatever you celebrate. And I hope you have a great 2023 season. Hey, I'm Rachel Turton, and I want to wish all of the Amside listeners a fantastic Christmas and a happy new year. Hey, everyone, this is Scott Stokely wishing you a Merry Christmas from me and the Amside podcast. I'm the Disc Golf Guy, and Merry Christmas and Happy New Year worldwide. Hello, Amside podcast listeners. This is Tyler Brickley, and I hope you all have a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, all of you except for Dale. Screw you, Dale, for stiffing me that one time and not showing up to our interview back in March. Merry Christmas, everybody.